The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 212 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. Our topic today is what family caregivers should know about abuse of information technology. Abuse of information technology is creating more and more concerns about abuse of information. Governments and militaries around the world are more and more concerned about a form of abuse of information they call cyber warfare. Uh, this is something that some experts see as the most important battleground of the information age in which future wars will be won and lost. Law enforcement systems around the world are more and more concerned about a form of abuse they call cybercrime. Cyber criminals break into laptops, personal computers, and wireless devices. Cyber criminals use their techniques to invade the homes of families and the lives of family members who are especially vulnerable to abuse of their information. Which is why our topic, what family caregivers should know about abuse of information technology, is so important. To discuss it, our guest is Khaled Mansour. Now, Khaled... Khalid is founder, president, and CEO of Spiders, Inc. And I'm just going to spell that name for you. It's S-P-Y-D-E-R-S, which tells us a lot about what his company does. In fact, it's a leading communications, security, and development services consulting firm. Khaled has 25 years of extensive experience with technology and management in telecommunications communications networks, operations, IT security, outsourcing, process re-engineering, and acquisitions. Previously, he was president and CEO of CyberClicks, Inc., a security and network consulting company he co-founded and grew to a multi-million dollar operation. Prior to that, he was the Vice President of Technology Services at the CGI Group, the largest independent Canadian information technology consulting firm. Prior to that, he was Director of the Telecommunications Network and Data Centre Operations for CIBC, one of Canada's largest banks. He began his career at Air Canada in the IT branch, 
He received his BASC degree in electrical engineering from the University of Ottawa and the BSc in general sciences from the University of Toronto. And he's held membership of the Ordre des Ingenieurs du Québec. So welcome to the show, Khaled. Thank you. Good to be here and happy Victoria Day. You too. Now, Khaled, please tell us more about your personal story. I was born uh, in Egypt. I came to Canada as an immigrant. Uh, my father, in 1967, came to Canada through a uh, United Nations program and fell in love with Canada. And uh, soon after that, he began uh, to work on having his entire family move to Canada. So in June of 1970, we landed in Canada, and we have been here ever since. That's 43 years ago. I grew up in Ottawa, have very uh, fond memories of the city while I was growing up. I went to high school there, Gleep Collegiate High School. I entered the University of Ottawa to study biological sciences for two years. Then I moved to Toronto University. There I completed my Bachelor of Science. Then I returned to Ottawa University to pursue a degree in computer and communication engineering. I'm married and have a beautiful daughter and two sons. All three are grown up now, and all are working full-time with me, actually, at Spiders. I have great interest in information technology and its application, and I've been working in this field for over 25 years now, of which the last 13 years have been in IT security. Very passionate, actually, about the field of security and risk mitigation. As for years, people had little concern or knowledge about security, and I felt there is actually a gap that needs to be addressed, and that's why 13 years ago we started the business of risk mitigation, helping people with their security issues. Now, please tell us about Spiders and its work. Spiders uh, is a privately held uh, information security company. It's eight years young. Last year, we made the list on the Profit 200 as one of Canada's fastest-growing companies. We ranked uh, number 24 on the list, and we were number one of three security companies on that list. We are in the information security management and risk mitigation business. We help our clients protect their sensitive data, both data at rest and both data in motion meaning data stored on computers or data being electronically transmitted. For some clients, we are monitoring their computer assets for any potential security threats, and we're doing this 24-7, 365 days per year. And we provide solutions and consulting to those clients. We're also a developer of security products especially today for mobile devices. We like to think of ourselves as trusted advisors to our clients when it comes to the business of protecting sensitive information. Some of our services include 
conducting vulnerability assessments on the deployed infrastructure that our clients have, and that we are really trying to discover gaps all the time where it is possible for other people to exploit vulnerabilities and compromise the environment. We had worked with a number of uh, healthcare organizations over the years to protect their information. I can give you an example of one uh, area where we worked in the chronic disease management in the province of Ontario on one of their priorities, which was building a diabetes portal through which physicians, clinicians, and patients can update and retrieve information about health. Our involvement there was to uh, do the complete vulnerability assessment on the application prior to promoting it into production and putting it uh, online. And uh, we continue to do this work with many other people today. Khaled, I want to switch to something else, and that is, please tell us what abuse of information actually means in the world of electronic communications. Pretty interesting subject and uh, uh, much talked about uh, today in in the media. If you look at what's happening to us today, more information is being collected and consolidated than ever Uh, been done before. In fact, the industry has started to coin the term big data to refer to this massive collection and consolidation of data. You can see examples of that when you look at the consolidated data uh, in companies like Google and Facebook. It's getting so big that there is now concern about storage space power consumption in the data centers, efficient retrieval of information, and most importantly, security of this data. When information is collected, consolidated, it's for a good reason. And it's typically manager banking or patient care information. We all know that there is an upside to collection consolidation since we are gaining efficiency, productivity in handling patient care, or in conducting our financial transaction, to use these two are just two examples. So when we talk about information manipulation, we talk about people having access to information to retrieve it, update it, move it, copy it, transmit it. And access to information must be controlled through what we call authorization, accountability, and authentication protocols, meaning that only those people who are authorized to access information should be the ones doing it. So what's information abuse? When unauthorized access to information happens, accidentally or intentionally, and the information is used for personal gain, malicious intent, or other uses not part of the original intended use, it is information abuse. Now, let's go a little bit further with that. You you mentioned intended use. What are the uses that really become serious abuses, that is, unintended uses, or intended by somebody with 
bad motives. Please talk a little bit more about that. I heard you uh, earlier talk about cyber warfare. We are seeing cyber warfare and espionage happening in cyberspace today, where organized and well-financed groups are using various means to gain unauthorized access to individuals or organizations' information, whether that be intellectual property, competitive information, or personal and private information, confidential deal and transactions being negotiated for their own gain. We're also seeing information collected and sold to marketers to promote products and services without authorization to do so. This is an example of the unintended use of the collected information. We're also seeing personal and private information being hacked, exposed with the malicious intent to blackmail or cause reputational damage to individuals and organizations, sometimes with grave consequences. Information abuse can actually cause harm to people and organization. It comes in different forms and has different levels of impact from the benign harm, such as a bad reputation that may go away a few days later and be forgotten, to complete impact on a person's life or an organization that can be of catastrophic consequences. So it depends on the form of abuse. An organization selling your information to marketers, and now you are getting unsolicited calls for to buy merchandise, may not be as bad as when someone were to steal your credit card information and goes and makes purchases for this information. Khaled, I'm going to stop you there because we're going to go into this in much more detail. But what you've already said is that um, this abuse of information is a very serious matter or can be a very serious matter. Now, it is time for us to take a break. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Khaled Mansour. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. Please stay with us. We will be back. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. 
You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Khaled Mansour. Our topic is what family caregivers should know about abuse of information technology. So let's now talk about the harm caused by information abuse, the situations that put people most at risk of harm and the people who are most vulnerable to the risks. Khaled, please tell us first about the harm that information abuse can cause to people. You've already said something about it, but please say more. Well, I guess we were talking about that, and, and as you said, that uh, it can be a very serious business uh, when someone abuses information, for example, by going to great lengths to collect all the information about you with the intent of taking on your identity. In this case, they would gain control uh, over everything, your assets and your life. Um, and that's a very serious uh, matter. There are cases, uh, I'm sure we've all heard in the media, where trust is lost with an organization simply because information was abused that entrusted uh, to the organization and personal and private information revealed uh, or financial information and so on. As a consequence, the organization would suffer through loss of business as clients would no longer trust to do business uh, with them. So uh, let me just uh, comment on, you know, the kind of abuses that uh, you could have. Every time um, we have an interaction with someone or an entity, whether it's paper or electronic, means uh, where you have to actually share information about yourself, you have increased the risk of information abuse. First, you have no idea how good the entity you're dealing with uh, at protecting your information you have just given them. Uh, Secondly, in some cases, you have no idea who you are handing your information to, especially when you are online. For example, when you are online on the Internet doing some buying transaction or submitting an application form for something you want, it is possible that the other end may not be a legitimate entity and could be a malicious group waiting to prey on you by conducting a fraudulent activity where you could lose your money or expose information that you don't want to reveal uh, to others. You all know about spam mail and receiving that where someone at the other end in cyberspace is trying to get you to share information and get you to do things you will not otherwise do. One of the uh, most uh, interesting techniques people uh, do on unsuspecting uh, people using the Internet is a technique called a phishing attack uh, with PH, phishing instead of phishing. This is a situation where you could be at risk on the Internet where you get an unsolicited email asking you to update your banking information, and conveniently the sender has put the address for the bank, and you are supposed to click on it and get the full page. 
the page, the website page will be a fake page. Looks exactly like the bank page, but you proceed to enter your information, your user ID, password. The malicious group would gain access to that, and once they've gained access to that, they have gained access to your bank information, and they can do all the transactions that you would normally do on a bank. A similar activities can be done, uh, whether it's your credit card information, social insurance number, date of birth, home address, names of next of kin, your driver's license number, your health card number. These are often used by many organizations to validate you when you're trying to access information. So if you are on the phone calling to get something done, organizations typically do that. And if this information were to fall in the hands of wrong people, that what ends up happening is that they can pretend to be you and get access to a lot of the information that, that you have. Carlo, you've been talking about situations where people are most at risk of having their information abused. What are, give us some examples of those situations, those high-risk situations. Carlo? Yes. Every uh, time you have an interaction with someone or some entity through paper or electronic means where you have to share information about yourself, you have increased the risk of information abuse. Um, first, you have no idea uh, how good the entity you're dealing with at protecting your information. Secondly, and in, in some cases, you have no idea uh, you are handing, who you're handing your information to. Uh, for example, uh, being on the Internet and doing some online transactions, uh, whether you're buying something or submitting an application where you have to input information in that application, it is possible that the other end that you are uh, transacting with may not be a legitimate entity and could be a malicious group waiting to prey on you by conducting a fraudulent activity, taking the information, and well, they go. They can do anything with it they want. We all know about uh, spam and uh, the emails, unsolicited emails coming to us asking us to update our information, for example, on banking information. And uh, some techniques are used in addition to, to the spam, and that is phishing attacks. Uh, phishing attacks are examples of uh, attacks where someone pretends to be uh, a legitimate organization by putting up on the Internet an identical website to that of a legitimate organization and get you to uh, transact with that fake website by putting in your user ID passwords. And in this case, they obtain your information, and if it happens to be a fake bank uh, page, then they have your information. They're able to then sign on in the same way you do on the real bank and pretend to be you and uh, gain access to all the transactions that uh, you normally do on your bank. Right. Now, what, this is a difficult question, but what types of people are most vulnerable to the risks that you've been talking about? Who are the people that you, you see as most at risk? Good question. Uh, first of all, let me begin by saying all of us are vulnerable. 
unless you live on an island uh, with no communication to any other human being and you are totally isolated, you may not be vulnerable. But obviously that's not the case for the majority of people. Among uh, all of us, clearly, there will be some people who are more vulnerable than others. So your question is who is most vulnerable? If you are being targeted, you are most vulnerable. Because if one wants to get your information, keeps persisting to collect it, and they have the resources or the means to do that, they will eventually get it. So you need to think about ways of avoiding being a target. People who are unaware of the different forms of information abuse may easily fall victims to abuse, and that's many of us. People who have shared much about themselves with many entities, including those on the Internet and social media sites. People who may be considered targets to prey on children and the elderly as they they see them as easy targets. People who are trusting, who are willingly and freely share everything about themselves, regardless of who they are dealing with. For this one, I I would like to give an example uh, using social engineering. In the security industry, we coined a term called social engineering. It's a term used to describe how one can obtain information or access to information using just the human nature of being trusting, desiring to help, that sort of thing. Example, a door access or a phone call or even a casual conversation on a bench in the park. So imagine you're an employee of a company where doors are secured with an access card. You have your access card and you open the door and you see someone right behind you who looks like an employee, has the employee badge on their jacket, and you hold the door for him or her to get in, and you have just let an intruder into your secure premises. Or you get a call from someone, she's a nurse, she's calling to check on you, and needs to validate your personal and private information. You never spoke to this person before, but she sounds like a nurse. She knows a couple of things about you, but she's not really a nurse. She starts to gain your trust, and before you know it, you give information you should not have. And that's the kind of stuff that we see happening all the time. And social engineering is considered one of probably the biggest ways to obtain information. And that's because it's easily done. When you look at information security and how you protect information, the weakest link is usually people. And talking about people um, raises a a particular question. Um, I know of a situation as follows, very quickly, and that is this. Here's an elderly woman who later slipped down into Alzheimer's disease. Somebody called her claiming to be her long-last relative, but just needed a little bit of money to get out of jail or something. And this woman was robbed of tens of thousands of dollars. She trusted the caller, 
she was vulnerable because her memory was faulty. And that kind of thing is frightening because it's unfair and because it's very harmful to families because uh, the heritage, the family heritage, might have been the money that was stolen. So I'm just repeating that to emphasize to you, Khaled, and to our listeners, that you've been describing some profoundly important things. Now, in the next episode, because we're going to take a break now, we're going to talk more about the kind of things that family caregivers should know to head off all the sorts of situations that Khaled's been talking about and also the ones that are most likely to affect families, that is, us. So, it's time for a short break. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guest is Khaled Mansour. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. Please stay with us. We will be back. which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Khaled Mansour. Our topic is what family caregivers should know about abuse of information technology. So let's now talk about important things that family caregivers should know about the risk of information abuse and what they should do if they suspect that information abuse has occurred. So Khaled, first of all, Please highlight for us the most important things that family caregivers should know about the risk of information relating to their children and young adults. Good question. Uh, you know, uh, children and young adults have grown up uh, accustomed uh, to using smartphones and Internet and have adopted social media for most of their transactions or interactions with others. Their interactions are not private anymore. They are very public. 
Now, these interactions are also recorded, and we now have yesterday's and today's interaction, uh, lots of other information in cyberspace on many of us. This information is now available for the taking, and given the level of its global reach, the likelihood of abuse is possible and highly probable. Information abuse causes harm, and children and young adults should be aware that there are risks in sharing personal and private information in public forums like the Internet and social media, where it's easily accessible by many at a global level. These risks range from the benign harm to serious physical and emotional harm, in some cases, death. We've seen in the media the example of pictures shared of someone on social media that caused those affected some mental anguish and, in cases, suicide. And all the risk mitigation security activities we do, we find that people are still the weakest link when it comes to information protection. Well-meaning individuals may unwittingly cause information to fall in the wrong hands. Something you leave on your laptop unattended, you type your password in a sticky note and stick it on your computer. People with malicious intent have easy targets with information becoming more public and more available. Children and young adults should be aware of the consequences of information sharing in public forums, the potential abuse of this information, and the possible consequences are great. Khaled, it's the same question. What are the most important things that families caregivers should know about the risk of information abuse, but this time relating to elderly relatives? What should family caregivers know about that risk? While the elderly relatives of today may not have grown up with the Internet and social media, and they do not have their personal private information as much in in public, they do represent a segment of our demographics that is considered an easy target for people with malicious intent. You mentioned the elderly who had Alzheimer's disease and could not remember or recognize who's phoning her, and that's one great example of that. The elderly relatives have their information with many organizations, banks, utility companies, healthcare facilities, insurance companies, and many more. Information held by these companies can also be compromised. And we heard of hackers getting access to this information. You will need to know what to do when this happens and how quickly you must act to minimize the impact of information abuse when it happens. The most important area of risk to elderly relatives relates to social engineering, as I mentioned before. Our elders may easily fall victims to social engineering techniques, which can be used to gain access to their information by simply contacting them and offering to assist or help while trying to extricate information from them. Once obtained, this information can be used to blackmail them, rob them of their possessions, or physically harm them. 
the most devastating would be stealing their identity. The offending party will think that the elders may not fight as hard or have the resources around them to protect themselves, and that's why they go after them. So we must remain connected with our elderly relatives, be aware of the interactions they have with others, and encourage them to share any information proactively about interacting with strangers. Khaled, let's take a situation where a family caregiver has come to suspect that there has been abuse of the information of children, young adults, or elderly members of their families. What should they do? What should the family caregivers do? That's a great question, and I, it, it, it really, uh, you have to think of this in, in two ways. We have, when you're looking, trying to prevent abuse is one thing, and then when you have suspect abuse is another thing. So we divide information protection activities in these two areas. The proactive things that we need to do and the reactive things that we need to do. Being proactive is about preventing what things I, and what things I need to know about information abuse. Being reactive is once I suspect information abuse is going on, how do I react to it and what action do I need to take? On the proactive side, you need to create awareness of uh, greater understanding of possible forms of information abuse, you need to understand that there are some bad actors out there who are actively looking to gain access to your information. You need to make sure you have the controls in place to make it difficult for them to gain access. Also understand the five W's, when you share information, how you share information, who, what information you share. Using, for example, on your um, home computers, the antivirus protection or anti-malware or any of those tools that help prevent anybody from gaining access to your private and personal information is important. And, and when people see that you have those kind of measures, kind of resist the, they resist the temptation of doing so. So... But once they suspect that there is abuse happening, you need to have all the information done proactively to know which organization to call, what phone numbers to call, what relative to call, and you should have that very handy. You know, we always say that on reactive side, you will need to be prepared and act quickly by getting in touch with the organization or individual that can help. So if you can detect or suspect abuse, you will need to know how to contain it first and then work on improving your prevention techniques second. So, for example, somebody takes your credit card information, you suspect that somebody took it and they've made a purchase on it, well, the first thing you have to do is call the bank, cancel the card. Then you try to find out why did that credit, how did that credit card get stolen. If someone compromised your computer and stole your access credentials, contain it by quickly changing your passwords and user IDs, and prevent it by understanding how to ensure that there is no one else that can break into the computer again. Those are very important things that 
and easy things to do to prevent. But most importantly, when something happens, you need to act quickly. And you need to know beforehand who you are going to be in contact with to help you with the issue. Let me just ask you a little bit more who to be in contact with. Um, Bank, if it's a banking thing or credit card thing, I guess there are telephone numbers to call and that kind of thing. But what happens, where do you go in the, the case of the situation that I was just talking about, where it isn't apparent until quite a long time after when you get the records that something has gone wrong. I mean, I'm going to lead you, lead the question. Is this where you go to the police? And if it isn't the police, where do you go? Right now, when you suspect abuse, um, is a, you, someone has committed a crime, uh, you go to the police. Uh, you phone 911, you go to the police and tell them what's happening. And what the police normally would do is um, they would come and investigate uh, for you, depending on what it is. Now, if you look at cyber crimes, very different from crimes where somebody takes your wallet from you or invades your house, um, very different uh, kind uh, of investigation happens, but they do do it. And we've seen examples of the police uh, really doing a great job in that area. Uh, we have uh, one of our uh, clients we're working with. There was a case of uh, um, information abuse, and uh, the client just called the police, and they were there. And once that happened, they were asking us to do the forensics to collect the evidence that would be admitted uh, in court uh, for that case. They arrested the person who did it, but they needed the evidence. So, in other words, that's a kind of detective piece of detective work, isn't it, that you're, you're, it you're talking about? Yeah. It is. Now, we're going to take the break now because when we come back, I'm going to ask you the question about what more you think we should be doing, particularly to protect families and their family members against the kind of things you've been talking about. So let's take the break now. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley. My guest is Khaled Mansour. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Power River. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
we're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Khaled Mansour. Our topic is what family caregivers should know about abuse of information technology. Let's talk about more things that you, Khaled, want to do and see done to help family caregivers and families protect themselves against information abuse of their loved ones and also to discuss the kind of awareness that families ought to have. So first question, what more do you want to do and see done to improve help for family caregivers so they can protect their children, young adults and elderly relatives who are living at home with the family? The things, one of the things we do at uh, Spiders is that uh, being the risk mitigation uh, organization or the organization that is trying to help others uh, by protecting uh, their information, that we continue uh, to keep our skills sharp as it relates to risk mitigation and information security management. Uh, information security is uh, actually a moving target, and uh, we have to uh, stay ahead of the game. Uh, we do this by uh, staying informed through continuous experiential learning, meaning learning that we gain by working with people, working with organizations, and awareness of the emerging uh, security technologies that will help protect information. We also maintain awareness of the potential threats, emerging threats and vulnerabilities, and refining our security teams, roles, responsibilities, and our security operational processes. The idea here is to enhance our risk mitigation capabilities and bring it to as many people like family caregivers to help them reduce risk. So some of the things uh, you need to consider for those living at home is to ensure that you have the controls in place to protect the personal and private information by making sure it cannot be accessed by anyone who is not authorized to do so, whether that's in a computer you have or a home wireless network or the Internet or even your paper folder that you put on your drawer. So you need to lock it up using access credentials like user IDs and passwords, strong passwords. You need to have some software to detect intrusion, to 
uh, reject anti, you know, the viruses and the malware that can infect and spy on your information. Uh, you use control software that will restrict access to certain sites on the Internet. These are possible. These, or you also use privacy settings on social media sites so that it's somewhat private and not so public. You also got to be aware of the social engineering techniques and resist the temptation to provide information to people you do not know, whether they are knocking on the door, called you on the phone, uh, or came through the Internet via email or, or social media. You've got to be very careful about what you decide to share on social media and the Internet and understand that this can become a permanent record and sometimes you cannot undo. Understand and be aware of the potential forms of information abuse, which we talked about. And additionally, you need to segregate your information, have it in different places, because if you have it all in one place, then once somebody gains access to the consolidated information, then they have access to everything, and they compromised all. I'm going to ask you exactly the same question, but just specifically focused on family members who are members of the family but are living away from the family home. Perhaps they're living by themselves. So what are the things that you want to see done uh, and want to do yourself to improve the help in those situations? Uh, most, uh, most of us now have uh, smartphones, iPads, laptops, and when we are away from home um, or living somewhere else, we, we take our mobile devices with us and we hook them up to any hotspots or internet connection we find because we want to stay connected. Also, when we are away, we are likely to be sharing and meeting many, with many other people, and we tend to want to connect with people we do not know. The risk of loss of your mobile devices, your laptop, or which will have sensitive information on it, and I'm sure most of us have. And having someone gaining access to that is high. When you're away from home, when you are um, don't have really the protection that you normally have at home. So you need to exercise the same controls we talked about when we were talking about home. And be, but you've got to do more than that now. You have to look at things. How do I encrypt my information or lock my laptop or iPad so that when I lose it, I lose it, but nobody will get access to my, to my data? And be careful who you get in touch with and the kind of network you connect to. People walk very easily into Starbucks or any of those and start connecting using the wireless, uh, wide in the open and uh, not secure. Um, and they become totally vulnerable. Your neighbor sitting next to you can actually spy on you and see what you're doing on, on the Internet, and they just happen to be sitting next to you. Uh, there were cases of people walking and not even using their own computers. They're using 
computers provided in Internet cafes. And just the act of sitting in front of it and typing your user ID and password, well, there are some bad actors that uh, put software on these computers so that when you're typing your user ID and password, they actually make a copy of it. They're actually recording that through something called key logger information. And once they obtain that, then they can abuse that. And that's another risk area. Right. Now, just quickly, what's your message, overall message, Khaled, to families and family caregivers about information abuse? Be aware of the risks and do not share information so easily and establish some controls to minimize the risk of personal and private information exposure, both at home and when you are away from home. Be ready so when abuse happens, you can take action by knowing in advance who you can get in touch with and how you may be able to contain the damage and minimize the impact of the abuse. We do have our, have our risk mitigation center at Spiders, which operates 24-7, 365 days a week. Um, it would be my pleasure to have anybody who is inquiring from caregiver about the risk and information abuse to call us. I do have the phone number uh, if anyone from family caregiver needs it. Uh, on just anything, quick advice or understanding the risks of information abuse or seeking some guidance on where to get information. Who do you call when something happens? Our number is one eight eight eight. Eight five five three five five five. Call us anytime. As I said, twenty four seven. You also can get uh, to us through our website www.spiders.ca, or you can email me directly. More than happy to assist anyone at Family Caregiver. My email can be Khaled at spiders.ca, and it's K-H-A-L-E-D at spiders, S-P-Y-D-E-R-S dot C-A. Khaled, thank you very much. I must say, personally, I'm delighted to hear what you were just offering. That is that your company, which obviously has a great deal of experience and expertise, you're opening your doors, so to speak, to family caregivers and families for advice and that kind of thing. And if there's any help that we can give you at this end um, to encourage you to do that work, um, I would gladly do it because I praise you for doing it. Now, I want to say thank you very much for sharing with us all that you have shared, your experience, your insights, your understanding and your advice and your offer of help. And I want to wish you on behalf of all of us every success in your work with spider, spiders and all that that entails. I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And from our listeners, I'd like to hear about ideas for topics or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. And in our next episode, we'll talk about tools for family caregivers for assessing care needs of their family members. Please join us, same time, same spot on the Internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. 
Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being around. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.